let's get to what we want to talk about today. And I have been, I have been um, looking forward to preaching. Matter of fact, I've been honestly working on this message for over a month, and it's been a, uh, it's been a challenge. This has been a, a challenge, and our LDR team knows what I'm going to be kind of talking about today, uh, for, today and for the next six weeks. But um, let me start by saying this: last week, um, at the kickoff of the new year, we did some business with God, didn't we? If you were here last week, we did some business with God. Um, we looked at the scripture that says, forgetting what lies behind, Philippians 4, 13 and 14, forgetting what lies behind, looking forward to what lies ahead, and we did some business with God. One of the things we did is I, I, I had us at the end of the service take these slips of paper that said on there, um, the things that we wanted to leave in the past, our past failures and our grudges. And we wrote those on there, and we came to the altar, the place where things are died and sacrificed, and we ripped them into little pieces, and we laid them on the altar, and we said, God, they're staying in 2012. I'm leaving them in 2012. These things I'm going to get past. And I was tempted to do something. I actually came after church, and I gathered, Suzanne and I, we gathered them all up, and I collected them, and I was going to actually bring them today. And to say, you guys did business with God. Because I planned on using that as a springboard for what we're going to talk about the next number of weeks. But then as I thought about it and we talked about it, I said, that's exactly the opposite of what I want to do. It's dead and gone and buried. Just so you know, it's in the trash. Okay? It's in the trash can. We left it in the past. We did business with God. We said, God, we're not going to be ruled by the feeling of failure because of past failures. We're not going to be dominated anymore by the grudges that we hold against people. That we want to be bigger than that. We want to move past that. We want to be freer than that. And it was just, it was just awesome to see all of us just respond to that as we forgot what lied beh- lies behind. But now today we get to do something that's the exciting part. That's the, that's the challenging part. That's the hard part. That's the painful part. But now today we get to kind of really look towards the second half. The reaching forward to what lies ahead. Forward to to God's future of blessing and fruitfulness. And that's what we want to talk about today. Matter of fact, um, for the next six weeks, I want to talk about what the future is to look like for us here as as a church at Portview Church. Our church. What's the future supposed to look like? I want to talk about who we are, at least who we are to become, and what we are to do as a church. What we are to focus our energy on as we advance with God in 2013. You see, to move into God's preferred future for 2013, all of us really need to be on the same page. You understand that we're not a whole bunch of different people, disjointed people? That when we come together as Portview, we are a unit that we are a family, that we are to be unified in accomplishing the work of God, and for us to move into the preferred future that God has for us, we all need to be on the same page, working together and praying together for the same goals together. You see, I need to have you wipe something out of your mind and out of your thinking that maybe you could have sometimes, that you think that this is just a place that you come to and you just show up. And you just show up here and you partake in what goes on, and then you just leave. That's not God's plan for His people. That this isn't a place to just show up. This is a place to become. This is a place to join together with other people into a, into a body of Christ, into the family of God, and to together accomplish God's goals um, together for what He has for this community and for your family and for, and for all of our lives. So today, 
I want to start with, with a question. As we think about the future, we think about forgetting what lies ahead and reaching forward to what lies ahead. And, and it's, it's the most important question we can ask as we look at the future for the church or for, for your life. And it's, it's this, what is our mission? You know, what is to be the mission of this church? What are we supposed to do? What's our job? And individually, what is your mission as a Christ follower in your life? What is your mission? And you're going to find something out. We're going to, you're going to hopefully discover it by the end of today that, that the church's mission and your mission are really completely linked together. Matter of fact, they're really ultimately the same thing. And I'm hoping that you recognize that by the end of the day. So, so what is our mission? You know, what's the job of the church? Because answering this will tell us what we are to be and what we are to do. Does that make sense? We know what we're supposed to accomplish if we know the goal that we're shooting at. And so what is our mission as a church? What, why do we come together every single week? Why do we invest money into buildings? Why do we hire pastors? Why do we pay the heat? Why did at six, at six o'clock this morning, why was I frantically calling Dave's excavating, or actually my wife was, saying, please salt our parking lot. You know, and he's out salting and can't answer his phone. So you get answering, please salt our parking lot. So that people, why do we do all that? You know, what's the purpose of all this activity? Is it just to sing songs? Is it just to listen to me talk? I hope not. You know, they don't laugh at that one. They didn't laugh at the songs. <laughs> they, they laughed at me talking part. In a nutshell, this, I want to tell you what our, what our mission is, what our job is. It's really, it's to help people to grow spiritually. That's really our mission. To help people to grow spiritually. That's what we do. We help people meet Jesus and then help them to develop in Christ-likeness. Maybe you come into church and you didn't know anything about Christ, but you knew there's kind of a, a void in your life or somebody has brought you along and you were introduced to Jesus and you realize there's more than religion. And you came to Christ and you met Him and then through the ministries of this church, through worship and through interaction with other people who challenged you and helped you, you began to grow and develop spiritually. You began to grow spiritually. That's what the church is all about. We help people grow spiritually. Well, there's two things that we need to understand about that if we can understand that target we're shooting at. The first thing is that we're helping people grow. We help people grow. And in my notes, I have the word helping underlined. Do you know why? Because we live in a society that doesn't understand us anymore. That we live in a society where people think that everybody should do everything for them, and it's all about them, and they don't have any personal responsibility. Moms and dads, if you don't get that that's what your kids are being taught, open up your eyes. One of your main jobs is to teach them to own responsibility, because we'll never stand before the Lord and talk about what the government did for us. He's going to say, Mark, what did you do with what I gave you? You're going to stand before him. Not that you're a believer, you don't have to worry about it. But we're going to stand there and give an account for what we did and what we were given. You know? And so, um, as a church, we help people grow. Um, that's our role in the process. We help people by giving them information and, and ultimately giving them opportunity for spiritual growth. And we understand as a staff, I understand as a pastor, that we cannot cause someone to grow. We can't make people do the right things. We can't force people to choose the right thing. All we can do is encourage. 
All we can do is give examples. All we can do is have the pastor Mitches of the church stand up and say, somebody did the right thing, somebody listened to the voice of God, and here's the result. Give opportunity, give examples. This is what God's Word said. That's, that's all we can do. We just help. We understand that people are responsible for themselves. So that's the first thing we understand about, about um, helping people grow spiritually. And the second thing is this, that, that, the, that the, the question is, as helping people grow spiritually is we help them, but we help them do what? We help them to grow spiritually. And the question is, what's that look like? How do you draw a picture of that in your mind? What does a mature follower of Christ look like since that's the goal that we're shooting at? How do you shoot at something when you don't know what it is? You know, like this story about the guy who, who looked at a, at a barn wall and, and there was targets on the wall and on each one of the targets, there's a perfect circle from a gunshot right in the middle of the target. And the guy's looking at it and he goes, you are a phenomenal shot. He goes, well, it's easy when you draw the target after you make the shot. You know, how, if you don't know what you're shooting at, you can't hit it. You know, and so what are we, what are we shooting at? Well, there's two dimensions. But I need you to plug your brains in and get your arms around what I want to say today because it's going to help us as a church and help you as a person. There's two dimensions that we need to consider. There's two sides to this coin of growing spiritually that we need to get a hold of today and we need to walk with into our future to have the preferred future God wants. There's a dimension of what we are. And then there's a dimension of what we do. And that's what we're going to look at today. The two dimensions, the dimension, what's, if the goal is that we're helping people grow spiritually, what, what does that goal look like? The goal really is a two-sided coin. It's the goal of what we are and the dimension of what we do. And my hope is that we get this today. That there's going to be little light bulbs that go on all, we could turn the lights up at the end of service. Because there's going to be so many little light bulbs shining from the top of our heads, we're going to go, I get it. We can work together on that. So, the first thing we talk about in the target, remember we're talking about the target we're shooting at. The target of what it looks like to create spiritual mature people. People that are growing. What does that look like? The two dimensions, what we are and what we do. So let's talk about first what we are. You know, understand when we talk about what we are, what we are inside, that is always the starting point. In anything with our spiritual walk, the starting point is what we are. It's about the inside. It's about the heart. It's about character. It's about being before doing. We are people love to talk about doing. Just tell me what to do, Pastor. And I always go, you, you know, you got the cart before the horse. Who are you is the important. What are you like on the inside first? Then as a result of being, the doing is supposed to flow. See, Jesus was always concerned with the inside first. You know, if you look at the New Testament, that's why Jesus rebuked the religious leaders of his day. They did some seemingly really good religious activity. You know, they gave and they ministered and they prayed, but yet they were spiritually dead and unchanged on the inside. And so what did Jesus call them? He looked at them and he said, you're a bunch of whitewashed tombs. A bunch of, a bunch, he said, you're full of dead man's bones inside. He says, you're dead and you're putrefied in the inside, but you sure look good on the outside and rebuke them for it. He says, you got it all wrong. You're about doing, but you're not about being. You're not understanding it. It's about the inside first. 
They looked good on the outside, but they were dead on the inside. Friends, that's not what God has for any one of us. That's not what He has for our church. No one wants to open up the doors of our church and say, what a beautiful building. Come in and say, it's, a, it's, bunch of, it's full of dead man putrefaction. It's a bunch of rotten people inside. Spiritual maturity starts on the inside. And the question is, what are we to be on the inside? Well, the way that we have been expressing this at Portview is that we are to be people who care. That's our logo. We've, we've not really unveiled it yet, but that's the new church logo. It's pretty close to the old one, but it's Portview Church, people who care. That that's where to be on the inside. That's the goal we're shooting at, the starting place. The starting place is that we are people who care. That's what a spiritually mature person should be on the inside. And you say, why? Well, let me explain why that defines what a spiritually mature person looks like on the inside. See, when people talk about the Portview family, when they talk about you, they, they see you living for Jesus and they go, somehow it comes up, you go to, you go to Portview. When they talk about this church, when they talk about you and me, the thing that we want them to say is those people care. Their hearts are right. They are filled with the compassion of God. They're genuine. They, are, they really do care. They don't just talk about it. They really do care. If you open up the doors of their, of their life, they're not full of dead man's bones. You look inside, you see the compassion of Christ. They really do care. You know, um, they care. And the reason we use that term is because when Jesus summed up all the law of God, what did he say it, come down, it came down to? It comes down to loving God and loving others as yourself. And the best way we could come up with that, to define that is that it speaks of people that are caring. And the reason that I use the word care here is because it takes our cultural idea of love to the level that Jesus uses the word love when he says love God and love your neighbor as yourself. See, for us in our culture, love is often thought of as what? A feeling. It's a feeling. Love is the warm fuzzies. Right? Love is the warm fuzzies. It's some, somehow that I feel. You know? And so, so that's what our culture often thinks of as love. But when Jesus says... We're to love God and to love other people. He is speaking of more than feelings. He is talking about a core quality that leads to action. You see, caring captures that idea in our culture today. We refer to people who help the sick and the elderly as what? As caregivers, right? You go to your caregiver, a doctor, a nurse, a person in a nursing home. They're caregivers. Their core quality of compassion leads them to action, that they go and help other people. They're caregivers. And with our cultural understanding, to say we love can leave one feeling that it's good enough to just have nice feelings about someone or something. But a mature Christian person is to care about what God cares about at their core, and that's more than a feeling. It's a feeling that leads to action. It's a feeling that leads to involvement. Now, we know that that is something, as anybody who knows the scriptures, that is something that only happens when a person is changed from the inside by the Spirit of God. I can't force somebody. See, that's what Jesus, he couldn't force the Pharisees to be held right on the inside. 
You can force somebody to do something on the outside, but you can't force it on the inside. It only happens by the reality of the presence of the Spirit of God when a person surrenders their life to Christ. And the Spirit of the Lord takes up habitation in our dwelling. And we become, become conformed to Christ because of His Spirit's presence in our life. So we know that the first thing that we need to be involved in as a church is to help people grow, in order to help them grow spiritually, is to help people really meet Jesus as their Savior and Lord, and then to continually give people the opportunities to encounter the Lord. That we create environments where people will be challenged to grow and to change on the inside. You see, priority one for us is to help people become people who care from the inside out. That we are Portview Church. And we care on the inside. See, that's the foundation of spiritual maturity. So that's our first focus as a church. A lot of times when people want to talk about maturity, they want to talk about what you know. They want to say, you know, learn this, learn that, learn that, learn that, learn that, then you're mature. I've walked long enough to realize that's not true. That when people, when people um, just learn stuff, it doesn't mean that they have matured on the inside. It doesn't mean that they, they get it on the inside. It doesn't mean there's a transformation on the inside. So that's the priority one for us, is helping people become people who care on the inside. That's the foundation of spiritual maturity. So that's our first focus as a church. That's why in our ministries, you will be continually challenged to grow and to change. You know what? That's why I say, start the new year off, write down your stuff, bring it here and let it die. It's growth opportunities. It's change opportunities. It's about, it's about interacting with the truth rather than simply being challenged to learn more religious information. Friends, we are more concerned with people applying what they know than we are with simply learning more and more and more religious stuff and yet remaining unchanged. That's a Pharisee. And that's not what God has in, in, in planned for us. Maturity starts with having hearts that are gripped by the love of God. Caring for what He cares for. And I want you to think about something today. I want you to ask yourself a question. Would it be false advertising if you wore a t-shirt that had Portview's logo on it, emblazoned across your chest, it said Portview Church, people who care. Would anybody walk up to you and say, you know what, Mark, that's false advertising. There's no evidence that you care. You know, that... That we did something on purpose. We put this value, this mission, the being part of the mission, right into our logo. So that when, when every time I look at that, and every time you look at that, and every time another person looks at that, it says every time the core, the starting place of the goal that we're shooting at, the starting place of maturity. It's about the inside. It's about being people who care. And so that's what God's plan is for us to shoot at the starting place, is that we would be people who care. People who care. Would your co-workers or your neighbors or your family members think that that motto really describes you? Would they say, you know what, that describes Mark. That describes, put your name in the blank. I hope so. Because that's how God wants His children to be seen in this hurting world. In this world that doesn't give a rip about anybody but themselves, 
God wants us to shine out, stand out as different. He wants us to shine like lights in the darkness. That's what he wants us to be known for in our community. Portview Church. People who care. You know, isn't that how you want to be known? Wouldn't that be a great thing to be in your, your epitaph on your tombstone? You say, I don't like to think about that. Guess what? We'll all have one someday. Wouldn't that be an awesome thing to have written in, in granite? This person cared. It would be an awesome thing. I hope that that's what you want to be known for. So you know what? That's the first side of the coin. We're look, remember, we're, shooting at the, we're looking at the goal we're shooting at. What If we're supposed to help people mature spiritually, that's really our mission, then what's that look like? What are we shooting at? The first side of the coin is about the inside. That on the inside were people who care. But now let's turn the coin over and look at the other side. Because this is the part we generally focus on first. But it's got to be the second part. The second side is this. Upon that foundation of caring, the next dimension of spiritual maturity springs. It's developed from the, from, from the caring. And the second dimension is about not what we are, but what we do. So we talk about who we are first, and then we talk about what do we do. And I want you to think of it this way. Because we care, we are compelled to action. Because we care, that's the foundation, then everything we do springs from that. Because we care, we're compelled to action. And I want to show you a diagram that's going to help you see what we as a church are committed to doing. What we um, do to help people develop into spiritual mature, mature people so that we can accomplish our mission. What has God designed His church to do? And I want you to put that up on there looking at this diagram that we've created to help us to see what God has designed us to do. There he is. Isn't that guy cute? You know who that... Let's give him a name. That's Portview Pete. No relation to Pastor Pete, but that's, that's Portview Pete. Portview Pete might look a little different in the future. We've been working with an artist for a while to help us create Portview Pete. And, uh, and we still got some changes we might make, but, but that's where we're at for right now. And this describes the target we're shooting at. Because we care, and, and on the cross, the top of it eventually, it needs to say, because we care, and then these are the things that we do. Um, he's made, notice something, he's made up of five pieces that represent what biblically and historically have been considered the five main purposes of the existence of the church. The activities that the church is to engage in, it talks about the things that we are to do. And if you look at the early church, you will find that these are the things that the early church accomplished. Matter of fact, I got a homework assignment. Got a, ready for some homework? I want you to, this afternoon, take out your Bible and read Acts chapter 2. And I want you to look at the early church. It's going to talk about, starting in verse 42, it's going, to look at, it's going to talk about the early church. It's going to talk about all the things that they did. After, because they had become, because their being had been changed, they, because they cared on the inside, they began to do a whole bunch of things. And you're going to see that these are the five main things that they did. You can look at all the activity and say, oh, that's that one, that's that one, that's that one, and that's that one. Five things the church did. And I know the words are kind of small for you to see up there, but the five things that they did is, number one, it's the head. They worshiped God. They worshiped God with their lives. They also connected authentically with people in God's family. That's the green arm. 
then they also influence those around them to seek and to find Christ. And that's the red arm. Then they mentored people towards Christ-like living. And that's the blue leg. And then they served passionately with the love of Jesus. And that's the, the gold leg. See, we've developed this diagram to help you, or help us rather, to evaluate what we do and to make sure that we are devoting our church's resources and energy and time to accomplishing these things because God's Word says these are the things we are to do as followers of His. Because we care, because we're changed on the inside, He says, now do these things. But we've done something else. We designed it this way on purpose because it, it kind of looks like you and me, doesn't it? It looks like any one of us in a sense. It's a person. We've designed this diagram so every person can evaluate themselves and see if they are growing and developing in these five areas. It's a reason why, why we, we struggled and struggled to come up with a diagram like this that would communicate a, a core idea that we knew God wanted communicated. That, that to be complete and to be mature... Each person needs to be growing and functioning in each of these areas. Otherwise, you are like a body without a head, or a body without an arm, or a body without a leg. It's a simple evaluation tool. For me as the pastor of the church, I say, are we adequately doing these things in the corporate church? But it's an evaluation tool for each and every one of us that says, am I complete? Because here's what happens as, as humans. We say, okay, God says to accomplish this stuff with our lives. And we say, uh, you know, listen to our song that says, two out of three ain't bad. That's the way we live. But that's not God's way of looking at us. When we look at, well, are we health, functioning health in a healthy manner as a church? Are we hitting the target? Or when you look, are you hitting the target in your life? We want to have you have some kind of evaluation tool that you can basically look in the mirror of Portview Pete here and say, do these things, are they growing and functioning in my life? And the reason I wanted to put it in such a way is that, you know what? The red, for instance, the red is about influencing seekers. Influencing people who don't yet know Christ to find Christ. And a person can say, they can, they can insulate themselves and live in the church world for years and years and years and say, well, guess what? I, I, I worship with my lives. Then we're going to talk about next week. That's more than singing songs. I worship with my lives. I, I connect with others authentically in the church. I got good relationships. You know what? I, I mentor people. I'm a Paul. I got a Timothy. I'm helping. I teach the kids. I, I'm an older woman. I teach younger women. You know, scripture talks about that. You know what? And I serve. I, I make coffee every week. They go, I'm doing really good. I'm complete and whole. I want you to look in the mirror and say, uh, you know what? You're missing your arm. One of your arms is gone. You know, we make movies about girls who get their arms bit off by sharks, right? And we say, we say there's something missing there. If you're not influencing people to seek and find Christ, we want the idea to be communicated that I'm going through life with one arm. I'm not functioning the way God wants me to function. And so, what an easy way to evaluate my life. I look at these things and I say, do those components, which are God's components, that His Word says are supposed to be in the life of every believer and in the function of every local church, that if we care, we'll do these things. So you've got to conclude, if you don't do those things, either you don't know, or you don't care. If you don't care, that's a real problem, because it means something's wrong on the inside. And so, it's an evaluation tool that helps us say, are all of these areas functioning in my life? 
Because we need to know, I want you to understand, that to be complete and mature, for our church to be complete and mature, each of us and our corporate church needs to be growing and functioning in each of these areas. Otherwise, we are like the one-armed surfer girl. You know, you still might be able to surf, but you're missing something pretty important. And over the next five weeks, we're going to look at these five in greater detail. But for today, I just want you to see the big picture. Because because we care, we do these things. Because of the core of a changed life, because we care, we do what we do. Because we care, we worship God with our lives. That's number one. That's why it's the head. That's why it's on top. It's putting God first in everything. Because we care, we connect authentically with people in God's family. We understand that we are a family. We are to help and to love one another. We are to learn to do life together. If you come late and leave early and never get connected, you're missing a huge part of what God intends for you as one of His children. And you're, not, and you're hindering the church's ability to accomplish its goal of being a place of authentic community. Because we care, we influence those around us to seek and to find Christ. Because we care, we understand that lost people matter to God and it should matter to us also. So we help others find Jesus. It's a priority in our lives, not just wishful thinking. We evaluate and say, are we doing this in our lives? And I want you to note something. The diagram is designed very intentionally. The, the influencing others and connecting authentically are the arms. The worship is the head. And those are the arms of the body. The arms are about relationships. You know, arms are for hugging, aren't they? John, your arms are for hugging. You know, everybody's been hugged by, by John. And arms are for hugging. And a mature person has, a rela- has relationships with bo- both those who know Jesus and those who don't know Jesus yet. So you say, I'm mature, but you don't have a real relationship with any lost person? Oh, no, you're not mature. You may be mature in some areas, but you're very immature in others. If the church isn't winning the lost, it's not, it's not reaching the goal. If you're not engaged in that, there's, there's evaluation that needs to be done and adjustments. So that's the arms. Those are the relationship aspect of it. The arms are for hugging. But then look below. Next we see, because we care, we mentor people towards Christ-like living. Jesus called us to make disciples. But it was very intentional we, cho- we chose the word mentor. Because when I, when I say discipleship, sometimes in a church world, that thinks you have to have rev in front of your name, reverend, and you've got to have degrees, and you gotta, it's a teaching. I stand and I talk and you sit and you listen and that's never what God intended by discipleship. It's about mentoring. It's helping someone who is a step behind you in their first faith journey to move a step forward in their faith journey. It's just helping other people. If you've been saved for one day and you know anything about Jesus, you know more than somebody else who just got saved today. And you can help mentor them towards Christ-like living. And it's something that we all are to be involved in. Every Paul needs a Timothy. We'll talk about that in the coming weeks. But also, because we care, we serve passionately with the love of Jesus. Scripture is clear. Jesus came to save, to serve rather, to serve the world, and He expects us to do the same. He says, it's not about you anymore. 
Now it's about me flowing through you to serve this world and let them see the reality of Christ. But I want you to notice something about that picture. The, those two, the mentoring and the serving, are the legs. They're the legs. They are where the work gets done. They are where the movement gets done. They're the, the service that you're, you're getting in your car and you're driving to city on a hill to do ministry. You're getting in your car and you're, and you're driving Wednesday night and you're walking down the stairs on Wednesday night to teach Royal Rangers. They're the activity. That's, where the, that's the work getting done. And we're going to take a lot more time in the next five weeks, one week for each one of those, to talk about what these really need to look like in our church and how they apply to your life. Friends, understand something. God has a bright future for us as a church. And as people who care, we engage in the activities that He has ordained for His church. And as we do, He works through us to change the world and to help us come to know Him more fully. And I know that's what you want for yourself. You want to know God. You want God to work through your life. As we function from a heart that's changed so that we care. And then we engage in the activities that He's ordained. That's what we experience in our lives. And I am so looking forward to being able to kind of holding up this mirror over the rest of this next five weeks and helping us as individuals and us as a church to look in that mirror honestly and say, God, I, I'm so happy where we're going and you know what? There might be some adjustments that need to be made. God doesn't do that. You understand, God, when He reveals something to you, it's not ever with a condemning spirit. God does not condemn us. He helps us. He goes, Mark, do you really want to be the one-armed surfer? Wouldn't it be better with two arms? Do you really want to go through life hopping on one leg? Or if I can help you to, hop on, to walk on both legs, you don't have to just walk, you can run. That's what he wants for us as we go into the preferred future. The preferred future is us functioning in health and wholeness, running forward into what God has for us for a church. Amen? Amen. You know, will you join me in this? Will you join God in this? And say, God, you know what? We want to unify around these purposes. And God, I'm committing to evaluating myself and evaluating our church in light of these and asking you to help us to engage in these things and grow in each one of these areas in 2013. Isn't that what you want? Is that what you want? Yes. Okay, I'm glad. <laughs> Otherwise, we just wasted 30 minutes of our life, you know, and I don't think we wasted it. Let's pray together. Stand with me this morning. Father, I thank you that you have an incredible future of blessing, of abundance and fruitfulness in store for this church. God, I thank you that not one person is here by accident, that you hand-select people and you bring them to complete a body. That because of that, every person's gifts and abilities are as vital as anybody else's gifts and abilities. And that, Father, you help us to fit together by your grace and by the, by the, the glue of love so that we complete something. We're the body of Christ. We're complete and we're whole and we're running at peak efficiency. That we have the blessing of God. That we're fulfilling your calling and we're doing what you want, not on our own, but by the, by the inspiration and direction of your Spirit and the filling of your Spirit. 
to cause us to become the people you want us to become. Father, I ask that you would help me and you would help every person in this church to advance and to grow. That you would cause such a sense of unity to flourish in this body as we together look at the goal that we're shooting at. That we understand that as people who care, people who have been changed on the inside, that because of that, there's things that we do.